0: Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution. Today... Perfectly happy to be your podcast host for the connected insurance podcast presented by agency revolution. Creators of the most powerful marketing and communication software built specifically to meet the needs of agencies and brokerages who want to deepen, strengthen and lengthen their relationship with their customers and get more customers. If you believe that the relationship you have with your clients is the heart of your business. And I'm pretty sure you do. Then you need to see how Agency Revolution can make those relationships stronger and longer. If you haven't done it lately, I do recommend visit agencyrevolution.com to receive a free demo of their award-winning software. Super fun conversation with my guest today and a little bit different. I know I have a proclivity for the big picture, strategic thinking, what are the trends that are affecting the agency world and the insurance world, et cetera. Today, swung all the way the other direction, practical, tactical stuff you can put to work immediately. For those of you who are still engaged in selling and getting customers, you're gonna love this conversation. And what's interesting about it is, while we're really not so much discussing A big trend. Uh, What we are discussing is my guests uh, expert and uh, proven successful response to a big trend, which is uh, certainly one of the trends that has uh, been dramatically accelerated by COVID uh, remote conversations, and in this case, remote sales conversations, um, how to make them effective, um, what to do before. You have that appointment where you hop on Zoom or whatever, and they hop on Zoom. Um, How to give prospects a taste of relationship before the sale or before the sales call. Um, Something that uh, Steve calls the presentation annotation method. It's really, you'll wanna, you will definitely wanna add that uh, if you deliver sales calls online. Um, And some simple camera tricks to help you or your producers Uh, master video presence and gain video confidence. So um, super duper quick before we get started. Um, A week or two ago, I mentioned that I had a one page cheat sheet based on my conversation with a previous podcast interviewee, Mark Peterson, who has grown his niche 30% per year for the last four years. um, I I um, discerned 13 marketing tips from that conversation. I uh, announced that I had that a week or two ago and said, if you want it, send me an email and I'll send it to you. I got overwhelmed with that. So you can now just download it for free off of the internet. Remember this, go to the URL, 13 marketing tips. Dot com and just download it for free no obligation 13 marketingtips.com and you'll find out a number of different strategies and tactics that Mark and his team have used to uh, grow their niche. So without further ado, it is a privilege to introduce you to um, a colleague of mine who is uh, who recorded from Australia a widely, an internationally recognized sales trainer uh, who who not only, um, <laughs> he's not only the president of the company, but he's also a customer. So in other words, he uses the exact same tactics that he discusses in this conversation and that he trains his own customers in. So, Without further ado, it is a privilege to introduce you to this conversation with my friend, Steve Brosman. Steve Brosman, how are you?
1: Michael, I'm absolutely brilliant. Thank you. And let me just say that it is already tomorrow here in Australia and the future is looking bright.
0: Um, Well, the past isn't too bad either, um, but we are looking forward to tomorrow. So if, uh, yes, as if our audience couldn't tell i might be speaking to another country um it is uh well thank you for getting up early if that's what you did in order to do this podcast today steve so um if you would uh this so this this conversation is a little bit different than many that i've done for a long time so typically um as my listeners know and as i think of told you a little bit Um, there's a lot of change going on in the insurance industry and so I've been attempting to keep my finger on the pulse and my listeners finger on the pulse of all of that change trends and forces that are reshaping the industry technologies that are reshaping the industry changes in consumer behavior changes in generational buying Um, And so we do uh, often focus an awful lot on strategy, right? What are the big decisions that we need to make in order to be successful? However, um, when somebody comes around um, that is a brilliant tactician that really understands how to make things work, um, uh, you know, where the rubber hits the road, which frankly is sales (laughs) in many, many ways, I want, I want to grab a conversation and make sure that that gets shared with my audience. And so, Steve, that's where you come in. I, I see this as being a very practical conversation about um, a really important issue, which is that the world of, uh, of sales has changed dramatically in the last two years since we have um, so many of us have been forced to uh, not... Um, have appointments all day long, meeting with people and spreading COVID. Um, but for the salesperson who relies on conversations, it really has changed things a lot. So we'll get into that. Um, but first, Steve, for those of you, for those who in my audience who don't know you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get to be Steve Brosman?
1: Look, the, the, the short story is I never meant or intended to become an entrepreneur or successful business person. I was a professional track athlete. Training for the Olympics crushed my back or, or parts of it. You don't run real fast with a bad back. And through rehab, I fell in love with the health and fitness industry. And I was a brash, cocky young kid back there. And I said, I could do this, I could do it different, I could do it better. Well, I set out to uh to do things a little different and everything that i did through the health and fitness industry i'm using right now and within just a couple of years of getting started i had different programs that were spread across australia i licensed a kids club into uh, five countries a weight loss program into two later on i saw a need and a desperate uh, opportunity to save the planet and help the planet at least for a little while and uh invented an environmental product and sold 4 million of those into 26 countries and all along the same lines of do something, do something different, stand out and really engage with the people supplying the solutions. And fortunately, along the way, I've had around about 20 years of TV and video experience hosting my own TV show on a network here in Australia, executive producer for Warner Brothers, And has brought us up to the last few years of, or last 10 years I've been coaching and helping businesses within their organizations, authority, marketing, etc. But the tweak that we're going to talk about is the last couple of years is the need for people to grasp, to go virtual. They haven't been able to have the coffees and conversations. And it was back then I was like, well, I need to pull out some of the work that I've been doing that I hid away for a while to help people. And then I wrote the, the back pocket guy, the art and science of virtual selling. And and that's a great platform to, to bring us into the present to, to start our conversation today.
0: Um, all right. So the last two years. Uh, so I, I, I imagine that, um, Steve, you were probably engaged in, Similar activities, I mean, let's face it, you're in Australia and I'm here in, you know, outside Cape Creek, Arizona, and uh, and and we're having a conversation um, almost as if you were here in the Casita with me. Um, but I, I I imagine that in your business um, and with your clients, the, the demand to be able to do this um, as, as part of a regular business process has obviously increased a great deal.
1: Yeah, I was one of the early adopters to Skype when it was the, the flavor of choice <laughs> yeah. back then. And uh, I've had clients around the world ever since. You could mm-hmm. Have, mm-hmm. have conversations. So for the last probably six or seven years. I've been doing most of my work virtually anyway. And there were so many of my, uh, my colleagues that started panicking. And they said, Steve, I, I can't go and visit my people. How, how, do, how do I provide the value? And I said, I tell people it's more valuable not to be sitting with me. I have everything at my fingertips. We record the conversation so you don't have to feverishly take notes and I can actually devote more, uh, more focused time with you. And they were selling, we needed to be in the room with them, because mainly because they couldn't, and they didn't understand how to communicate and engage and excite. I'm gonna uh-huh. talk about energy and excitement later, but their, their camera presence And their engagement factor was just not there. And and here's a tip for your people right now. Let's get straight into the, the nuggets. Perceived lack of camera confidence is equal to perceived lack of product confidence. Ah, okay. So if you get on and you know your stuff and you're really good and you're not looking at the camera, you're sitting low and slumped over, and and you re- and you and 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 you, and and, 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 <laughs> and you stumble over communicating with that little hole that's there in front of you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're looking to the side where the person is on the screen, and they're looking at the hole in your ear. <laughs> All of these things detract from a conversation and confidence in you. And that's one of the biggest things. One of the biggest takeaways is when people get camera confidence, zoom confident, whatever you're going to use. Then I think, wow, I feel relaxed because this person's not stressing about everything.
0: So, if if there were two or three things that you could pass on to to help people gain camera confidence, what would they be? But, but well, the but, first but, thing. By, by, the, by the way, by the way, you know, this is like. Um, in in one of my very very early uh, technology products was a um, video email system um, called VidBiscuit. Where you know people uh, in, in the insurance industry, we're really focusing on the insurance industry uh, uh, really early, like 15 years ago, maybe even longer than that. Um, it was kind of a precursor to Loom where people could just, um, you know, send a message to a prospect or a client. And and it did turn out that one of the great barriers then, and I don't think it's probably changed a lot, is that people were uncomfortable. Um, not the recipient, but the sender was uncomfortable turning on the button and saying something, saying the exact same thing perhaps that they would say as if the person were in the cubicle, in the chair next to their desk. So that camera confidence, what what do you suggest about that?
1: I'm gonna take a step back and congratulate you on that because that's one of the things, and we'll get into a little deeper, we talk about increasing the buying energy before they get on the call. And I used to, when those digital cameras, you know, they were the click cameras, but then they took videos. That was a breakthrough. You know, we were excited. We went oh from gosh, a one yeah, megapixel the old, the old to f-
0: a... The little flip camera it was really a hot product for about two years until, well, <laughs> until the yeah. smartphone just knocked it off of its perch, yeah. I Yeah.
1: So we okay. used to take videos and uh-huh. send to prospects and clients to get them excited and they went as an attachment to, a video, to an email Fair yeah, uh, yeah, way back in I... the old analog uh, email days. But one of the biggest things like camera confidence is the energy that you need to portray. Like that little black hole, it sucks the life out of you. And I'm going to give you a very quick formula that I give out of my video mastery program that they want to write this down or just remember it, most people don't hate shooting videos. The camera can't hurt you unless somebody throws it at you and they're a really good shot. That means, yeah, they're going to hit you with it. Yeah. Most people hate watching themselves back and unknowing and uneducated trainers will say it's psychological, here's how you get over it. It's not it's physiological. Every day, whenever we look at ourselves in a mirror, in in glass or whatever, as we walk past, we see ourselves as a mirror image. The brain knows us as a mirror image. Yet, when we see ourselves back on camera, no matter how good our self-esteem is, or no matter how good we think we look, the brain is saying, that's wrong. That's not there. That should be on the other side. That's not there. That should be on the other side. And the brain hates it. So he's just saying, that's not me. I hate it. I hate it. And the sound, everybody says, I sound horrible. Well, that's physiological as well. That's physics. Sound waves travel differently through solid and liquid than it does through air. So what we're hearing from the inside and outside is going to be Mm -hmm. different to what everybody else hears. So here's what you need to do. Shoot a quick video. Make sure you're looking into the camera. Here's another tip. Reverse the lens. Don't look at the camera. Look through the lens into the life of the person that you're talking to. Don't look at the camera and say, oh, she's just looking at me. Look through the lens and think, who am I talking? Who's that one person that I'm talking Ah. to? Okay. Uh Yeah. So you talk to that person through the lens to that person. So shoot a two or a three-minute video, something to do with business. Then watch it back five times. Then you'll get comfortable and then you'll shoot it again. And you'll probably think, yeah, I could do this a little better. And your energy and your connection goes up that little bit and watch that back five times. Now, you need to repeat that whole process five times because what that does is the brain accepts it. It's like, oh, I get it. That's me that I'm looking at, but more importantly, that's me that I'm hearing. The minute the brain says, okay, I get it, your your connection with the camera, your confidence goes through the roof and your energy level, layer upon layer, will get better and better. You end up presenting a video way better At the end of roughly the 45 to 55 minutes that it takes to do that, it's like, wow, I do it. And then the kicker that I rarely tell people on podcasts, so you've got this one, then you shoot what I call a passion video, something that you're excited about. Don't need a script. You say uh, something about your son, sport, game you watch, travel. You just ram it through and then you look at that back and say, you know what, I can present. And now i know how to do it and connect with the people and you switch and that just gives them camera confidence i take people through that whole thing and switch them in 60 minutes
0: got it so in an hour then um um, it sounds like there's kind of a a one-shot learning opportunity you don't need to do that over and over again you you can you're trained you're ready to do it
1: yeah this came from a navy seal uh, exercise and study that they did and they uh-huh. all were given glasses that turned their world upside down. So they were walking oh, no around yeah. looking at things that were upside down and within several minutes of each other, around about the 45, 50-minute mark, which is why I based it on science, the brain switched them all back. And it's like, well, okay, and the brain will watch you over and over again and say, you know what? That's me, I like it, move on.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Steve, you'd mentioned a term um, earlier, uh, buying energy. And, And I think your implication was that the seller can find ways to infuse or inject the buyer with more buying energy.
1: Yeah, the the typical sales sequence is there's a connection somewhere, whether it's an outreach and a cold call or whether they may have clicked on your website, made an inquiry, and what happens is it it, it flatlines. And first is if you're perceived the same as everybody else, if you're an insurance agent broker company that just sells in the minds of the people, just insurance, then you're a brown box. They're not gonna know how much gold is inside there or the value that you add by sitting on the shelf, calling yourself the same as everybody else. If there is something different that you do, the way you do things, you become a creator of something, an authority of something and, and putting some good information out there, that elevates you and it elevates the energy If you're the leaders in something within that particular niche, Mm -hmm. then the energy goes up. I'm not just talking to an A, a another. I'm talking to a V. Then my buying energy gets a little bit more excited. It's like this person is different. I'm excited to talk to them. The next thing most people do will let's qualify that person, which means are you the right person for me to sell to? That doesn't excite me at all. Whereas we talk about cultivate, what is it that we could send? And the email videos are perfect because it starts getting a taste, it starts creating a relationship even before they get to talk to you. They feel like, wow, I'm talking to a human. They care, they understand. They could be pre recorded videos. Mm -hmm. But then it doesn't really matter that much as long as, yeah, we're not just dumping all this information about us, it's, okay, here's what's going to happen. Here's like um, a script that we had for um, lots of health clubs that we put out there and actually increased the show up rate, the appointment rate and the conversion rates between 30 and 40 percent. It's like, hey, thanks for inquiring and uh, booking in your time to come down and see us at my And One of my fantastic team is going to meet with you and understand and do this, et cetera, et cetera. It's like we're reaching out to that person. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is we're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing this and we're going to understand it's energy and empathy. And that creates the engagement, the three E's. And so the next bit is I'm giving information about how we can work together and the outcomes that you're going to get when we work together. And that's increasing the buying energy. And what I see time and time again, and I've done lots of geeking out on cognitive neuroscience and other people's research into this, is if you call your call a discovery call, a strategy call a no obligation free something call, buying energy reduces 37% because it's a sales call. So the energy is low. You've got to resurrect them before they get into the real discussion. And if you're creating that relationship with the people, depending on... Now, here's another one quick one because I know you want to get onto the next bit a uh, a mortgage broker and a financial planner was in a franchise hamstrung by the franchise rules. And mm-hmm. we created his positioning. We created his blueprint and the buying energy cycle. Right. He would get zip code orientated cold leads. Okay. And they're not real hot prospects. Right. Right. So you're in the zip code. You got to talk to this person. Click, <laughs> click. He would send Them and it would be a generic video that says, Hey, Clyde here from Yellow Brick Road St. Mary's, saw your inquiry come through. Can't wait to chat. One of my fantastic team is going to reach out, organize a convenient time for you to come and talk to with us, where we'll be able to sit down and go through your three-dimensional wealth creation planning system, which is what we created for him, something different, and be able to do this. I'm looking forward to seeing you here and helping you with your etc. Now he had an 84% show up rate from cold leads. The company was aiming for 25, just because of the buying energy sequence. And uh, having- So,
0: okay. so, so you, you've thrown yeah. a lot in there and I want to pick up a few- Sorry. Golden nuggets, <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I want to dig down, I want to make sure we're picking up those gold nuggets. So uh, I'm, I'm, and I'm an avid note taker. So I'm looking at my own notes from the last five minutes of this conversation. So, um, in regards to buying energy, so you, so you're uh, you're indicating that there are things that the entrepreneur or the salesperson can do to increase the buying energy of the prospect. And so, um, one, setting aside, let's so you, we'd already covered camera confidence. Boom. Okay. We got that. So then another one is um, elevating the status of the entrepreneur or the salesperson. So in this case, you had indicated being the creator of something or being an authority or an expert or perhaps a publisher or a writer or something where, where you're delivering thought leadership. That's one, one way to increase the buying energy. Um, and then, uh, now that, um, could be done throughout the process that could be done, um, in the marketing part of the sequence, right before there's a, anybody says, you know, raises their hand and says, Hey, maybe I'll have a phone call with you. Some of that, um, credibility boosting and building can be done, you know, from the very beginning of the process. Then somewhere in your sales cycle, I think, now there's a call. We're not gonna call it a discovery call or a strategy call, but somebody raises their hand and they say, all right, I'll book an appointment. So now you've got a uh, kind of the second part of the sequence. We've kind of of gone from marketing, the marketing cycle to the sales cycle. And so now I think you're suggesting one way to um, increase the buying energy, send them a video and uh, be a real person to them and uh, as, uh, uh, talk about the potential outcomes that they could have and, you know, add a little bit of energy to it. And, and, and now you're also, I think, saying that um, you want to be, uh, you, you do want to deliver something that's proprietary. And there were a couple of things that you mentioned. One is the name of the the call should be proprietary and not, so we'll circle back on that. And two, it also sounds like you've got a process where the, uh, the sales process itself or, or the product or the service has a proprietary name and maybe a proprietary sequence, like your three-dimensional Perfect. blueprint or whatever. Okay, so, so now, so let's, let's walk through this um frank the prospect books an appointment and i think you're you would then suggest okay cool i got an appointment with frank coming up in four days um i'm not just gonna let him uh you know i'm I'm not gonna be silent for four days i'm gonna show up in his life with something positive and to do with a video adds some emotional punch right that's are we on the same page? absolutely and Okay.
1: And that's that's not well with all the technology around these days it it is so easy um to be able to uh, to shoot the video yeah. and deliver the video and right. and it really is. But the other thing is it doesn't have to be hey Frank. It, they are so surprised. And yeah, I, I did one the other day for it was nearly 100 people who joined a course. And I'm there sitting on my laptop. I said, like, wow, I just saw your registration come through. I can't wait to be working with you. And yeah. by the time they get to the first 10 seconds, the energy is up. It's like, wow, he's talking to me. No, nah, I'm talking to everybody else as well. It's like, right. I just saw you. And and there are different ways to be able to script, but it, it is the the energy and you're talking to me. What a lot of people fall into the trap of, and I'm going to give a little bit of a nugget before we get on to the next bit that we do need to talk about. There's three levels of influence in a sales process. There's the imposed influence, which is I'm going to give you a lot of information about me, why you should buy from me, why we're good, and then pitch. That's the present and pitch. That present could start right from the minute of contact. I'm going to send you all of this information about our company, about our services, about Mm -hmm. us that's imposed the next is the collaborative as soon as you can be perceived to be opening the door to be working with them is hey michael it's great or hey steve here saw your book in for call. what we're going to go through this is understand your needs to understand this is like well opening the door now to work together which is collaborative influence and then sooner or later ideally they'll get to the last part which is self-influence wow this sounds fantastic now as far as the proprietary call goes it's what are some of the outcomes what are the some of the things that you're going to go through with them so instead of me having a discovery call with the people and many of the people i work with it's a prominence and persuasion review give it a prominence and persuasion okay. review okay so yeah. this is,
0: well so this is interesting because it, like in in the world that I travel in you know my my clients tend to fall into a couple of buckets um 20 30% insure techs and 70 80% retail agents the the retail agents rarely have a name for this thing at all it's like um you know let's talk i, I let's have an appointment let's schedule an appointment book an appointment with whatever right i mean they are yeah. just yeah, uh, very rarely hear uh, a name behind that event uh, in the insurtech world. On the other hand, they all name them um, and they're usually uh, discovery calls or demos. Right. Um, and now, you know, <coughs> yep. so now the advantage there is that the recipient, if, if they are, um, if they're warm, if they have a little juice behind this thing, yeah, I want a demo. i want to see how this thing works or, discovery call. That's okay. Cause I know what it's about. I know it's a sales call and I'm a prospect. So, you know, but, but I think you're, 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 uh, indicating that you can with a little bit of creativity, I, I, you know, I, I don't think you'd suggest doing this just to be clever, but to actually give thought to what it is that you're, um, doing in the engagement with the client that you can, you can legitimately make it different than if you do, because names are powerful, you can name it something.
1: It all needs to fit in with consistency. You don't just pick a name out of the air. And one of the research papers that I've been working through is if you go down the cliche route, it's worse than just being, you might as well call it a discovery call if you do a cliche. And let me tell the the guys a quick story of some people that I was working with here in Australia. And they were complaining that, yeah, they're going to different networking events and they're they're getting up and they're telling people, hey, we're an insurance agent, we're an insurance broker. He says but nobody wants to talk to me. And I said, well, that's because they're running the other way. And they, you know, we, we basically know that we talk to you, you're going to try and sell us something. And that unfortunately is the preconceived concept of what they already think about. You could be the best in the world and totally different, but their preconceived idea of your brown box title. So we worked through and understood what he wanted to do and how he worked with people. He said, I want to protect them. They're not normally protected enough, et cetera, et cetera. We say, so you're a lifestyle protection specialist. Mm-hmm. And we built a whole package around that. So he went through um, lifestyle and asset risk review instead of a discovery call. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you rather get on?
0: Yeah, no, the risk review, because now you're talking about something that's of value to me, the
1: prospective buyer. Collaborative influence has uh-huh. already started. Yeah. Let's work out where you're at risk. I, I, I care about you versus, hey, my discovery call is sit down, shut up, let me pitch.
0: Oh, so th- this does this reminds me of something brilliant you and I spoke about before. Um, and and you're getting the full credit for this one. I hadn't conceived of this before. Um, that on this call, the prominence and performance review, or whatever they <laughs> okay, whatever we're calling the call, uh, it, there'll be some presentation, and there, there's probably going to be a few images, slides, or text I'm going to be looking at. And, and, and you'd indicate, I don't know if you were able to put a percentage behind uh, how much, uh, you know, how much more this led to a sale, but uh, it, the, the thing that you, the, the um, element that you added that I thought was so brilliant was to actually um, collaborate with the uh, prospective buyer and write on the slide where they can see it. So their information goes into the presentation itself. Two,
1: two absolute, why, why, huge why things am I, on why it? am I super I
0: mean, excited about that idea? I mean, intuitively, I know that it's engaging, <laughs> it's collaborative, um, that people actually like see, oh, that's me up there. That's my stuff up there. Oh, and here's another number I'm going to show. So it seems like it, like creates, it, it, it turns us into a team instead of a me versus you thing.
1: The minute you start, yeah, the minute you start what they call annotating, I call basically scribble, because that's what mine end up looking like. The minute you start, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Yeah. your engagement factor goes through the roof. Attention and retention goes up sixty percent. It could be the same presentation that you have used a thousand times, but the minute you start writing on it, it becomes personalized. But the thing that you need to do is is what I call, and I'm about to shoot another video on it today, implement, uh, agreed implementable value. So it's not box value, which I people say, yeah. oh, I'm selling this. here's the here's the value of the stuff that's in the box. It's the implementable value. When we put this into your life, your business, whatever, here is the value. And that could be financial or emotive value. But you write that in front of them. And that keeps hitting them subconsciously over and over again. This is what I'm buying. This is what I'm buying. And as you work through whatever it is in the presentation, ideally you have that summary slide where you're writing what you have agreed as the value to them, Got their it. life, their yep. business, mm-hmm. then it's like that's where you start. In their mind, they're given, they're being given that at a high level, which is significantly greater than what they're going to pay for. And that's the gap. You're coming down from what I'm putting in your pocket to the investment, not coming up from scratch as a cost. You're taking virtually. You're taking the investment price out of the profits, or whatever, or the the lifestyle changes. Okay, that's the killer.
0: Um, I don't know if it matters if uh, on the presentation if you handwrite it or if you enter it, uh, you know, in text. Because it would seem to me if you entered it in text, it actually could end up being a, almost like a product that you just give them. You know, we just went through this analysis. I'm going to give it
1: to you when we're done. Um, I always handwrite it because of the action it takes. Yeah. And, and quite often, and I might <sighs> do mine on a blueprint, which is mm-hmm. a one slide at the end and, and we add up everything. They can get a copy of that if they haven't made an immediate decision on the spot. And if they need to share with colleagues, they'll get the video and the blueprint and the, the slides. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that they'll, the, the, the script in delivering that and say, Michael, uh, would it be helpful if I give you this to discuss with your partner so they could see the value of us working together? Okay. And that's the agreed <laughs> yeah. value.
0: Let's uh, I, um, let's just walk through a few mechanics, okay? And I, I, um, tools come and go and, um, you know, tools that we're crazy about today might get bumped off the shelf by tomorrow's new iteration. But um, some of the basic mechanics, uh, there are a few very simple and readily available technologies that make what you're talking about work. So let's walk through some of them. Number one, so I'll, I'll be the prospect, you're the seller. Number one, how do I get into your funnel to begin with?
1: One of my speaker mentors and also marketing mentor always said, there's not one way to put a hundred people in the room. There's a hundred ways to put one. And that's why we talk about prominence. Be somebody. And one of my blueprints starts with be the prize. So your positioning, and if you want to people want to write this down, your perceived position predicts your profits. Your perceived position predicts your profit. So LinkedIn may be a great source of leads. Don't do the cookie cutter lead gen, hey, liked your profile. We should connect. Those sorts of things. Be different and be of service and value. And LinkedIn, uh, us discussing on podcasts, putting information out there, putting videos out there where you're discussing things. The other thing that uh, I wasn't going to mention, people will gravitate towards you when they know what you stand for. They will run towards you when they know what you stand against. So if you could be Seriously? a little controversial, yeah. stand uh-huh. up, have a few comments and say, hey, listen, look, I've built my whole recent business by slamming sales trainers. I hate existing sales trainers. Yeah. And some yeah. of them are my best mates. <laughs> 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 I felt uncomfortable doing it, but it was the process. Yeah. And people have now started, yeah, me too, me too, me too. So the best way to aggregate Is to alienate. You might have to alienate somebody, but they say fair enough. They're on my side. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, so now, uh you know, let's say you reached out to me on LinkedIn and I said, Yeah, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. How do I get on your calendar? You've got some kind of an appointment center.
1: Yeah, um, always if there's a connection, there will be one or two different messages. Hey, great to connect. I'd love to hear more. I'm keen to hear more about what it is that you do. It's like, hey, please tell me, not, hey, this is me. Oh, by the way, here's a quick video to say hi. Not here's a video about who I am and what I do. Hey, here's a quick video to say hi. And that's, a hey, me sitting on a couch with a cup of coffee talking to you. It's not a presentation, nothing fancy. It's, Mm. hey, me, real. And so, oh, by the way, here's a quick gift. And it would be one of my back pocket guides, something that's got some information and videos in them. So my goal in this process is for them to fall in love with me or think I'm an idiot. I don't care. They're going to self-select to go one way or the other. I don't talk to lukewarm people. It's, wow, I need to talk to this person or you're kidding. So that's the process. It's it's to increase the energy one way or the other.
0: Okay. So then I get on your calendar and, and we have a conversation. And, and then, so I think we've covered that. You've got something like- The, the calendar you know, or, will
1: trigger a, a video callback.
0: Um,
1: as soon as you book yeah, you will get a video from me, basically saying, "and look." Oh, again, is, is that to,
0: is that automatic, or do you have to jump in manually? Do you have that? Uh, it's, manual. it's manual. It's, it's manual. It's, okay.
1: It's, it's I'm not a real high okay. tech person, and yeah. I'm not but, booking yeah, in fun. hundreds and, of calls and, well, a Well, so
0: now is that is that video is that one from you? Is it personalized or is it
1: off the shelf? Ninety percent uh, cut and paste. It's that wow, yeah. got your call. Yeah, the the thing is, find something. Now, if I'm going to be working with you, it'll be about you know increasing your positioning, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, it'll come back and say, "Hey, Mike, I'm uh, really excited to be talking with you. I've had a quick look at your website and your LinkedIn mm-hmm. profile. Man, I have some awesome ideas that I can't wait to share. I look forward <laughs> to our call."
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like, and, all wow. Right. And, okay. so, and, and, and so we get to the end of the call. So now, you know, I'm either buying or I'm not buying. So, boom, I'm buying. We're best friends. I'm not buying. Then what do you do in in your world to keep that energy up? Because, uh, because you and I both know that a, a lot of sales get made after the first call. What do, you, what do you do in between to keep the juice flowing?
1: Yeah, a lot of sales are – However, mm-hmm. the percentage of sales when you use the blueprint, you collaborate with them, not pitch at them. Right. And it's Mike, looking at what we've just discussed, from what you've said, we're about to put X thousand dollars per month into your account. We're going to save you time, save you stress and really have you go home and have dinner with your kids for the first time and not miss their soccer matches. I've got a quick question. Does it make sense that we actually get started sooner rather than later? Or is it okay that you miss out on your kids' dinners? (laughs) So when they see, and that's the difference, agreed implementable value, not right. here's a box of stuff, but wait, there's more, but wait, I'm going to throw all this stuff in to try and increase the box value. But we have agreed on the implementable value. If we do this, I, I get this, my life will change, my stress levels will change. I know I'm going to be protected, whatever they're going to get is you've said this, does it make sense that we we should get started on it? There will be people that there will need to be a follow-up sequence, but the number of people that emotively buy, then you move through the collaboration to confirm, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: not pitch, present, overcome objections. Once they've said, well, yeah, it makes sense, but you know what? There's some financial constraints. All you do then You've knocked out objection. Objection is a right to say no. They've said yes. All you need to do is to collaborate. The objection becomes an obstacle. Right. Well, let's work through that. Let's continue to collaborate the transition into becoming a client.
0: Right on. Um, Well, Jack, I I got... uh... I got what I was looking for out of this conversation. Is there anything else that you want to add to it? No, I I I, I like this because I think you know what's beautiful about this is first of all, there's a tremendous need now, um, and I think yeah. a, a lot of my clients are discovering if they're let's say in if they're in production, if they're producers, or if they're if they have a team of producers, uh, that uh, the their capacity is way up uh, by meeting with people virtually as opposed to driving around town so capacity goes up but i think you're saying that done right closing ratio can go up it doesn't have to go down it can go up because we can do a lot to influence the buying energy of the other party and collaborate with them towards the sale um i've seen now this is this is tremendously uh, uh, valuable
1: can I add one thing to that and I have seen people because of the perceived efficiency put less time in it doesn't mean you spend a lot more time but mm-hmm. if you do the system right yes you can see more people that doesn't mean that the calls are cookie cutter that you just put them through a process factory because you can it's you can if you do the right thing you can get the right engagement the, the right conversations and the higher conversion rates still at that high efficiency.
0: Perfect. Jack, um, Steve, sorry. If, um, if uh, people want to learn more, uh, if they want to, if they want to connect with you or if they want to find out about your products or um, uh, your services, and they don't happen to be in Australia. <laughs> How can they learn more?
1: Uh, the, the, the simplest and the easiest way, and I'm very old fashioned and very relationship driven. You can either find me on LinkedIn under my name, Steve Brosman, but most, uh, I'd rather have people just reach directly out as an email. Steve, at Steve Brosman, that's two S's, man.com. Uh, and then we can start having a conversation um, and I know you're going to put in the show notes how they can mm-hmm. get their own copy yeah. of the, the back pocket guide to the art and science ah, of virtual yeah. selling. yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah. So what well, people can, if they, if they look at our show notes, we'll make sure that they can get the, um, what is it? The art and science?
1: The art and science of virtual selling. Because there of is an art selling. to the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there also, this is backed on science, neuroscience. And um, it, there's a lot to it. That when you get it right, it's so much fun. It takes the stress out, of it and people can enjoy uh, conversations that turn into conversions. Yeah.
0: All right. So Steve at stevebrassman dot com, um, or they could visit your website. All right, Steve. Yeah. Um, this has been exciting. This has been uh, this has been a pleasure, and it's it's always fun for me to. Um, dive into the practical and the tactical when I tend to float an awful lot up in the sort of strategic forces. So thank, thank you for um, bringing my feet back down to earth and talking about sales and things that really, really matter. So I really do appreciate that.
1: Right. It's been an absolute blast. I know we probably could have gone for four days, but let's cut it off here so people can get back to doing what they're doing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, thanks so much. and, and, And perhaps we'll have a round two at some point in the future.
1: right. Look forward to it. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues explore the
0: connected insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.